You are listening to the Toxic Mold Podcast with my husband, Steve Worsley, the toxic mold expert and your number one source for mold consulting and mitigation in the USA. Here is episode 74, Country Living and Indoor Air Quality. Before we get started on this episode, a short or not so short disclaimer. While all attempts have been made to verify the content provided in this podcast, neither the podcaster or the producers assume any responsibility for errors, omissions, or alternative interpretations of the issues discussed herein. All information stated in this podcast is the opinion of Steve Worsley. Steve Worsley is a mold specialist with over 20 years of experience in the construction and mold industry. The Toxic Mold Podcast is for information sharing purposes only. The views expressed are those of the podcaster and his alone. These views should not be taken as expert instruction or commands. While there may be references to medical conditions and symptoms, all solo podcast episodes are the opinion of Steve Worsley, and any medical questions or concerns shall be addressed with the appropriate licensed medical professional or professionals. As the podcaster refers to different mold types, please be aware that Steve Worsley is not a microbiologist, and questions concerning mold specifics should be answered by the appropriate professional. The listener is 100% responsible for his or her own actions. You can check out Steve's books on Amazon about mold and dealing with mold in your home at amazon.com forward slash author forward slash Steve Worsley. And if you're interested in scheduling a mold consultation over the phone consultation with Steve, you can be sure to find out more about those and his availability at cnccontractorservices.com. Now, let's get to the episode. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Toxic Mold Podcast. Steve, today we're talking about country living and indoor air quality. Country living, d- define that, because some people think the suburbs are the country. Yeah, we. Uh, I don't remember the name of the movie, but we were watching it yesterday, and uh, it was in Virginia, and I remember I mentioned how like they think that's like total country living, which to me it really wasn't. But what I mean by country living... More or less, not the suburbs, but you know, our our listeners that you know live somewhere where, you know, we we talked about in our last episode about winterizing homes and maybe you know where your summer home is. That's country living. You're on a well. You're on a septic system. You don't have neighbors right next to you. You know, it's not. I've never been to New York, but it's not like living in you know Utah or some subdivision in Connecticut. You know, where your neighbors are right next to you. So so we say country living. We don't mean you're a rancher and you have a thousand acres you know it could be people that live on one acre lots that you know there's just different things you have to think about like your septic system your water quality you know indoor air quality when we talk about that you know it might be dustier where you live just because there's dirt roads instead of paved roads so so that's what i mean by country living not not if you you know if you live in uh, the suburbs of salt lake city or anything like that so what are the, some of the things in terms of indoor air quality that are different when somebody's living in the country? Mainly, like I said, like the dust. Um, you know, when you have dirt roads all the time and, you know, maybe somebody lives out in the country where maybe they're close to, I don't know, like a coal mine, something like that. Or they're close to a dairy <laughs> and everybody probably knows what a dairy smells like. So, so it could be things like that, but 
you know, mainly, um, you know, when we talk about air quality, obviously there's mold, radon, asbestos, stuff like that, which you can have whether you live out in the country or live at home or at home, live in a home that's, you know, in the city. So, uh, but, you know, talking about the dust, you know, well, people would say, well, what does the dust have to do really with your indoor air quality? Well, we recommend every three months that you change out your filter on your furnace. Preferably, you replace it with a HEPA filter. And if it's really dusty where you live, you might have to change it, I don't know, every 10 weeks instead of every three months. So paying attention to those kinds of things. Um, I never knew what a septic system is. and I'm assuming there may be people who don't live in the country who might be considering living in the country. What is a septic system? So when you... Uh, put anything down the drains or flush your toilets. If you live in town, that just goes into what they call the sewer, the city sewer, whatever municipality they live in. And, you know, I'm not being graphic, but more or less all your poop goes to a sewer treatment plant. And then that sewer treatment plant, you know, filters the water. And then any of the solids they'll sell, you know, like a couple times a year, they'll sell it, you know, as fertilizer and whatnot. So, uh, the best way to explain that is is if you live in the city, you just don't really have to deal with it. When you live in the country, you're on a septic system. And so your poop doesn't go to the sewer plant. It goes out to a septic tank that's buried out in the ground. And there's a pipe that's, you know, coming out. We have one. You obviously know about it. And then there's a leach field that's beyond that. So what happens is, is all, all everything that goes into the drains goes down into that septic tank. The tank is designed to be full all the time. And when I say full, it's not full of solids. It All it has is like a sludge on the top, and that's what it's supposed to have. And what happens is all the liquids, and it's, the, it's at an elevation where the liquids can go out into your leach field, which is just, for those that don't understand, it's just kind of like four or five branches of pipes so that that's where all the liquids go. Um, and if you actually maintain your septic system properly, and you know, we talk about it quite a bit, you can't be putting feminine products down the, the drain pipes. You can't be putting grease down it. Um, I never recommend having a garbage disposal cause you're putting stuff in there. You shouldn't, but if you maintain it, when I say maintain it, you, if you put an enzyme in there every month, which you see me put that little blue packet. Um, we don't use the name brand Ridex. It's a different brand. But all it is is enzymes. And what those enzymes do is they break down those solids in the tank and then turn it into liquid, and the liquid goes out into your leach field. Okay. So that was kind of a deep explanation, but it's your septic systems where all your sewage goes. And so when people live in the country, that's how their sewage goes somewhere where it's supposed right. to be. It's yep. through a septic system. Yep. And, you know, a lot of people that aren't familiar, you know, with that kind of stuff, well, they think, yeah, you know, there's this 40 acres for sale, you know, 20 minutes from town, but there, there's no city sewer and there's no water. Well, you drill a well and then you put a septic system in. So the only thing you need after that is power. And so it's, you know, it's fairly... Uh, to me, it's fairly common here in Wyoming. You know, a lot of people have, obviously, growing up, we both grew up in, well, I, I call it the city, but 
for people like you, Utah's probably not even close to the population. Now it is. <laughs> yeah, it's getting Now there. it's the city. But you grew up in the New York Northeast. Yeah, so, so know, it was definitely a city. Went to school in New York and yeah. 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 So definitely. Your idea of city is a little different than mine. Yeah. But anyhow, I you know, we grew up we didn't have septic systems, but we've been in Wyoming long enough that it's very common unless you live right in town to have a septic system. You know when we talk about stuff like that you know, one of the first things I, I uh, always try to preach to people about as far as their safety for home out in the country is an address that's visible from the road. I mean, most people don't think about that. But if you're driving down the road and, you know, you're you're, in, you're the ambulance or you're the fire truck, well, a fire truck would probably see the fire. But if it's an ambulance or the police department, if you don't have a, a number down there, they don't know which driveway to pull into yeah that's true because most of the you know we've talked about it how it is in tennessee you know where a lot of the homes are they sit off the road a little bit they're not huge lots but or not a lot of acreage but still you don't know which house is what and so you need to make sure you have a visible sign at the road you can have i mean look at how far our house is off the road we could have numbers they'd have to be about three foot high to for someone to see it from the road. Does that make sense? Yeah. So putting putting numbers on next to your door isn't going to do anybody any good. Absolutely. So when you think about, you, you mentioned water and wells. I never understood till moving to Wyoming that you could buy a piece of land that's really cheap, but you can't get water to it. So do you want to talk about when you live in a rural area, getting water and the quality of water and how do you even test for those kinds of things? Well, you obviously would have to start with calling a company that drills wells before you even buy the property contact, you know, talk to the neighbors, ask them how deep they had to drill. Um, You know, when people say you can't get water, I don't, you know, my opinion on that, you can get water anywhere. It's just how deep you have to go to get it. And how much money you have to spend. Exactly. And that, you know, they charge you per foot. And so... You know, you would have to obviously contact a well company and say, hey, you know, how deep, how deep do you have to drill out, you know, in this area? And they'll, they know, they know where the water veins are. And so they'll say, you know, well, that well's, you know, at 200 feet and then they'll give you a price. But you can have a well drilled for, I would say between 10 and $25,000 is typically what it should cost. And so, you know, once you have that well in, obviously you have to have power to run that well pump and that's that your, your first thing you need to consider when you want if you're gonna if you're if you see that you know there's 40 acres out in the middle of what you call nowhere and it's really cheap and it's only 10 grand or whatever first thing you need to make sure you can get out there's power exactly because that's very want, expensive yeah unless you want solar panels but uh you know once you know once you have that well drilled it's only your i mean it's not like the city where it's going to all these houses that's your well. And you can be on a community well where, let's say, you share with your neighbors and y'all kind of pitch in. But anyhow, on a private well, the, the biggest thing um, as far as, you know, what we're talking about is the water quality. And most people don't think about this because the city, by law, has to test your water monthly. And they, they test it for coliform and uh, bacteria, E. coli, and they test for other things too, but that's mainly what it's for. And you just never really hear about it. I mean, maybe once in a while you hear there's a, 
a drinking water restriction because something happened. But if you live out in the country, you got to keep that in mind. And so you should test. If you're in the country, I wouldn't test every month. But you should test probably at least three times a year. And it's easy. You can do the test yourself. You okay. Just, you know, you can call whatever whatever lab and say, hey, you know, what do you charge? It's usually like $30. And they usually give you, it's a little bottle, it's a little container. And they'll explain to you that, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to test like right in the kitchen and just turn the water on. You typically want to pull the screen off, you know, the little mm-hmm. diffuser that's below it. And then you, you just send it to them. I think it takes 24 hours. They tell you whether it's good or not. But that is an important thing to make sure you're having your water tested because obviously bad water can really mess with your body just like mold can. That's very, very true. So what is your call to action for people if they're living in the country and they want to make sure they've got good indoor air quality and quality of life? So for the air quality, obviously, you know, we have courses that are on Udemy that explain, you know, how to do your own mold inspections. And and the reason I designed those was for the fact that, say, you do live out in the country and, you know, someone wants to charge you $300 just to come out and run an air test and you can't really afford it. You can take that course and it explains if, you know, you always want a professional, but it's it's kind of a do-it-yourselfer way to determine if you need to have air testing done. So you'd obviously want air testing done. Um, as far as mold, we always recommend, even if you don't have issues every other year, to have air testing done. You always want to have your ra- home tested for radon. And radon is the second leading cause of lung cancer next to smoking. So most people don't know about it. We've talked about it. Um, January is Radon Awareness Month, so we'll talk about it a lot more. Um, but that should be tested every other year also. Um, if it's an older home, obviously, you'd want to make sure you don't have any lead or asbestos. If you get the proper professionals, they'll tell you what you need to do there. Because if I go into those details, this, this podcast will go on for 20 more minutes. Um, and then as far as the water quality, like we said, have it tested. You don't have to pay for somebody to come out and actually test it. You can do it. If you're only doing the uh, the uh, E. coli uh, test, it should be about $30. And so, you know, it's worth it to just do it yourself every couple months. And you can do what we call a full panel test. And it'll test for lead and metals and all sorts of stuff. Um, and those usually run about $200, which in my opinion, you don't really need it. So just go get it tested. Absolutely. And as you mentioned earlier, you have a number of courses on Udemy. So just keep getting up your awareness and understanding indoor air quality mold in general is going right. to help you understanding your home and what to look for. Correct. So and Udemy has... So I have three courses on Udemy, and one of them is free. So it's a that's a it's a mold course, and I, I I don't remember for sure, but it's like forty minutes of content. And it, like I said, it, it, what's really good about that course and all my courses is you don't have to hire a professional right off the bat, you know, because I understand, you know, there's people don't have five hundred dollars just to pay a guy to come out a mold specialist like myself and say, Oh, everything's fine. That course will teach them what to do, what to look for and the signs, whether you need to have a, excuse me, professional or not. Very good. So be sure to go to Udemy and check those courses out. We will catch you on the next episode of the toxic mold podcast. Prevent toxic mold exposure before it gets in your home. 
Download Steve's free mold investigation checklist at tinyurl.com forward slash CNC mold checklist. Again, download Steve's free mold investigation checklist at tinyurl.com forward slash CNC mold checklist.